0: with his own nicotine pouches.
1: The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR
2: puts Cole Custer into the wall. They both stay on the throttle. Now they're beginning to crash. One truck goes sliding wildly. One truck is in the air. Matt Crafton
1: upside down. The Motor Racing Network presents the Tough Trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking. Get
3: the line. Mike Skinner wins it by two
4: one-hundredths of a second. He was
5: too bullheaded to let me pass him, and I was too bullheaded to let
4: him have it. Brendan Gaughan wins in his own backyard at the Las Vegas. Fans were in. We partied in the race
6: shop for hours. It was a wild wild
7: party night.
8: Now here's Spray going for second. He and Hornaday come together. Now Hornaday goes around, slams into the wall.
7: To this day, he can't tell me if I ever spun him out.
5: Because I can save it better than him. I told you he was going to yeah. play that back. I
1: told
7: you. From the Motor
1: Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley.
8: Welcome to episode eight of MRN presents the tough trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking. I'm Mike Bagley. Earlier in this series, We covered the legends of the trucks, names like Hornaday, Skinner, and Sprague. You may have asked yourself, how come we didn't speak of Kyle Busch, Greg Biffle, Kevin Harvick, and so on? It's true these guys were successful in a truck, but they went on and became big stars in the Cup Series. On this episode, we'll talk about those drivers that used the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series as a springboard into NASCAR's top division. Two-time Truck Series champion Todd Bodine says... The series is a great place for young drivers to develop their skills.
0: Well, I think a lot of it is, you know, the the trucks are easier to drive in one respect, harder to drive in some other respects. But when you go to, let's say, Atlanta, and the racetrack is so wore out, the trucks are very forgiving because they have a lot of side force. And you learn how to drive them while they're slipping and sliding and he got to let off the gas and maybe even use a little brake at times and it teaches you how to drive and and you go to some of these other tracks you know it's the same thing where it, it teaches you how to drive how to go fast get car control which is very important and a good place for guys to learn these things.
8: One of those drivers that started in the Truck Series is Greg Biffle. Greg Biffle has won the Memphis 200, his first NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series victory. Here comes Biffle. He'll die for the bottom. Greg Biffle did it. Biffle wins in Michigan. Greg Biffle right down on the white line. He has been a man among boys this evening in Texas. For well, the second time this year and the 11th time in his NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series career, Greg Biffle will score checkers. Last time down
6: the back straight away, It is all Greg. Greg Biffle by about five truck lengths. The reigning truck champion leads the field off the corner. Greg Biffle comes off the corner by an advantage of maybe three truck lengths. Comes down the line, takes the checkered flag, and will win.
8: Originally from the Pacific Northwest, Greg Biffle started his truck series career racing for Jack Roush. Local guys struggle to get
0: recognized. And I noticed they did the Tucson Winter Heat Series, which was in the winter they'd run one race in November, one in December, one in January. They would run late models, Winston West, and a few in a couple other divisions mm-hmm. they'd run a three race series and and that is when NASCAR's off so everybody's sitting on the couch watching TV so this is televised by ESPN2 Benny Parsons uh, Bob Jenkins in the booth and I became good friends with Benny Parsons through that three race series I raced it two years in a row won, the, won some of the races I built cars became good friends with Benny and I said to Benny Parsons I'm like, how do I get, you know, how do I get an opportunity to get into the truck series? And I talked to Benny about it a lot. And so the story goes, Benny Parsons was walking through the garage one day. And if you didn't meet or know Benny Parsons, he could talk to anyone and would remember his memory. If I could have one 30 second of his memory, I would probably have two cup titles for... (laughs) (laughs) Don't make that mistake on the racetrack. The guy has a memory like 10 elephants, not just one. And he's walking through the garage, is, you know, BSing with Jack Roush. And Jack mentions to him, hey, I can't find a driver for my third truck team I'm starting. Tommy Kendall, you know, was crazy or or wouldn't accept the offer. Who knows what? You you know, they had a little dispute and negotiations, right? That'll happen with drivers. And so he said to him, Hey, don't forget about that kid I told you about out in Washington. I think he'll do you a great job. Jack Roush went to Jeff Smith, which is the president of Roush, and told Jeff Smith, hire that kid. Not get a resume, not anything, not get set up a test. He said, hire him. And so fast forward, I'm sitting in my I have a race shop in Washington state and you know, we build street stocks, late models and sell some parts and I'm working in the, uh, you know, I'm working in the office and, and, or I'm working in the shop there. My parts man says, we're just getting ready to go to lunch. Roger and I. And that's when we talk about, that's our, that's our business meeting. You know, we, we go to lunch and we sit and we, okay, what builds are coming up? What races are we doing? You know, whose car has got to go this, that that's our time to, sit down and talk, Mm -hmm. you know, because we don't have time during the, during the day. We're, we're slinging parts and cars and building stuff. So my parts manager says, Jeff Smith's on the phone for you. And I'm like, well, who the heck is Jeff Smith and why'd he give his first and last name? And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take it. So I go in there and I jump in my office and I'm, I'm uh, talking to him on the phone. He told me he was the president of Roush and Jack wanted, you know, him to call and wanted to know if I was interested in racing the Camping World Truck Series, in, you know, 2000, which would be 2008, or excuse me, 1998. This was about middle of the year, later in the year 97. And so I'm in there talking to him on the phone for about 30 minutes, and I have a small window similar to this that looks out into the shop, and Roger's all mad at me. He's like holding his arms up in the air because he thinks I'm just in there on the phone shooting the bull with somebody. (laughs) And I write on a piece of paper Jack Roush, and I hold it up, you know, and I'm like, it's... It's Jack Roush. And he's like, whatever. <laughs> and a few minutes later, he's back over there. I see sparks flying, and he's grinding and welding, and he's back to work. And so about 45 minutes later, I get off the phone and uh, run out in the shop and tell him about it. And, of course, I had to tell my parents. And then I don't know if I could even eat lunch. I was so excited. But Did you get the job on that phone call? I got the job. They said, can you send us a picture, a headshot? You know, it was really pre-internet. You know, the Internet was alive and all that, but it wasn't nearly, you know, social media and all this. And so they didn't know who this kid from Washington
6: was that Benny Parsons was. T-
8: Fellow competitor Mike Wallace remembers Greg Biffle's first year in the
6: truck series. Biffle had the start of a, you know, you heard about him again from West Coast stuff. Uh, you talked to people that told you who he was, never heard of him before. Biffle had the start of a career. And I'm saying everything I say is in a complimentary way. Nothing's a negative, but it's... Uh, I put two comparisons, and they both drove for Jack Roush. Greg Biffle and Ricky Stenhouse had the start of their careers being the same. They crashed everything they drove for a while. And then all of a sudden, a light switch flipped on, and they started winning everything.
8: Greg Biffle went on to win 16 races in his Truck Series career, with nine of those coming in 1999.
0: I certainly don't want to take any more credit than than I deserve for winning those, those nine races, but... I came with a wealth of information from car building. When I got to looking at these trucks and and through 99, or through 98, you know, I could see that, and I didn't know a lot about it, so I didn't want to come in and tell them they were all doing stuff wrong. But the geometry looked extremely incorrect to me on the front suspension. Really, really high, short A-arm, upper A-arm angles and all these things. And I spent a great deal of time in 98 with my fabricator hat on and what do we need and spindles and and ran I had the best crew chief in the world in Randy Goss because he was he doesn't care if you have to paint it pink and put it on upside down he's willing to try it and he doesn't care because he's a motorcycle racer and grew up it knows you gotta do whatever you can do and so we worked on this front suspension and we worked on these spindles and we worked on slowing down the camber curves and we we did all these things to these cars and in 99 we got on to something that really really worked and into 98 we were super competitive we should have won Loudon and we didn't we panicked and put two tires on instead of four and Andy Houston won it but Uh, But in 99, man, we were solid
8: He has won now Five, actually six of the last Eight races, Greg Biffle Wins the Orleans 250 As now Biffle becomes the only man in NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series history To win nine races in one season In 2000, Roush Fenway Racing Was the team to beat in the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series Greg Biffle remembered that season And the addition of Kurt Busch
0: In 2000, uh was a great year that was a great era for us we were winning a lot of races and you know it just so happened i came in in 99 we got the trucks going good or 98 trucks going good 99 2000 kurt steps in and we're able to hand kurt kurt was the same greenhorn didn't know anything wild as march hair we were able to hand kurt trucks and setups that were lock stock and barrel and he could get in and drive it and 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 be competitive and win races too and just like a matter of just making mistakes and learning and that's how these new drivers do it that he basically did the same thing i did
8: from the trees of milwaukee there has emerged a bush into victory lane winner of his first ever nascar craftsman truck series race while they're all knocking around for second third and fourth here comes kurt bush to the start finish line second straight win in the nascar craftsman
1: truck series kurt Busch, one final time down the back straightaway. kurt Busch has got it gathered back up As all he's got to do is negotiate turns three and four and he'll pick up his fourth win
9: i remember it was it was huge on the west coast when the trucks were being announced and Uh, 1995 uh, maybe they had some exhibition in 94 and it was awesome seeing guys like ken schrader jump in and drive and terry labani and then the legends mike skinner uh, ron hornaday jack sprague all those guys kicked it off and then for me my opportunity came from running in the southwest tour series and i got invited to the gong show uh, jack roush's tryout system And our first audition, so to speak, at the gong show is Toledo Speedway. And that was the first time I got to drive the big horsepower of the trucks.
8: Kurt Busch spent one season in the truck series before moving up to the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series in 2001. It was a decision that Kurt didn't feel good about.
9: It was nuts. Uh, Literally, I was there for six months and I won that race in Milwaukee and won the next race at New Hampshire. Uh, we were running good, but uh, Bobby Hamilton Sr. had a flat tire, and we got the win. So I won two in a row, and Jack Roush literally came to the shop in Livonia, Michigan, and said, we're going cup racing, and we need you to test your first cup car. And so by September, I was already in the cup series. It was nuts. And that that's why I wasn't ready for the big time. I i didn't have a lot of time to make mistakes and to do things right or wrong, mainly media and the timeline of how you learn to respect people. It just kept moving so fast.
8: We talked before the beginning of the race, we talked to you about your great career. Now you end it on a victory as you go to Winston Cup. Tell us now how you complete your feelings of the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. It's
9: just an awesome feeling. I, I finished the Southwest Series the same way. It's uh. A unique thing that comes over me when when somebody brings me an opportunity and I don't think I'm ready for it, but I'm going to step up to the challenge and make sure that when they make that decision, we're going to go forward with it and make it successful. MRN
3: Pitt reporter Jason Toy. Kurt's a lot like what he was you know, today, what he was back then. You know, He was aggressive. He uh, didn't really care if uh, it was a popular move to make things happen, but he wanted to win. I mean, that's a, that's a, must be in the Bush DNA in that family because they, they both run the, kind of the same way in that aspect. He was the guy that, you know, and I, I take I look at it this way with with Kurt in the same way I can look at it with a Carl Edwards or a McMurray or, you know, a, a Ty Dillon or an Austin Dillon. Or, you know, you look at all these drivers that have gotten their starts, you know, in their major series debuts have been in trucks. It has catapulted them to what they are today and success of what they're being able to do, you know, you know, do today at the highest level of NASCAR and that the truck series afforded these drivers that opportunity to be able to do that.
8: In 2001, another bush emerged on the truck series. It was younger brother Kyle, who is now the winningest driver in the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series. There's
4: been little doubt tonight who's had the best truck. It's been Kyle Busch at the strike. He beats Terry Cook. He will win. And as Kyle splits some of the slower trucks in his first-ever
10: truck series race here at Nashville, Kyle Busch is heading to victory lane.
4: It is win number 17 in his fine career. Kyle Busch picking up the victory. He barely squeezed by at the start-finish line. Amazing finish. What a comeback from Kyle Busch. A
1: historic night for Kyle Busch as he comes off of turn number four. Checkered flag in the air. Kyle Busch will win the ultimate tailgating 200 here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway and becomes the all-time winningest driver in the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series, picking up his 52nd win here tonight.
11: So back when I was 16, I got my start in the Truck Series. I was able to make a few races um, early on and... Ran pretty well, a couple top tens, um, and had a shot to win my second race out at Chicago... Motor Speedway, that was a Cicero track different than the one that we race on today and um, just remember being oh so close and then being at California Speedway being the fastest guy there and then getting sat out for the next two years not being able to go back and run the truck series but once I got back into um, you know the Xfinity Series and the Arca Series and then I became a Cup Series driver, was able to go back and run the truck series again, win in the truck series and um, it's been a lot of fun I've learned an awful lot there, uh, being an owner as well as a driver and um, you know having the ownership role that I have now has been very instrumental in helping some of the development of some of the younger guys like Eric Jones and Christopher Bell and William Byron and Bubba Wallace and some of those other guys that um, you know may not have necessarily made it up or has made it up as fast as they did uh, without the help of Kyle Busch Motorsports. So it's been very rewarding experience and something that's been uh, pretty cool to get
1: back to the sport. MRN anchor Jeff Striegel. It didn't take long to realize that Kyle Busch was was a champion. You didn't know how long it was going to be. Uh, you didn't really know when, again, when, we, when we're talking about Kyle just starting out, you didn't even know if he was going to finish a race. You knew one thing for sure, and that was Kyle would take whatever he was driving, a truck at this particular case, and no matter where he started, he would be a factor. Well, it didn't take us very long to realize that we were looking at a very special individual, an, an incredible talent behind the wheel.
8: In 2001, at the age of 16, Kyle Busch was well on his way to start him in the truck series, When NASCAR had to pull him out of the seat,
3: MRN pit reporter Jason Toy explained the situation. For Kyle, you know, over the years, we saw him back uh, several years ago when we were at California at the Auto Club Speedway, Southern California, and he was supposed to jump into a truck at 16 years old and then... He had taken out of the truck because of his age, because there was uh, tobacco sponsorship at the track, because that's when the cart series was running there at the time, and I think it was uh, Marlboro, you know, sponsorship all around. He could not run at that facility, plus the track speeds. You know, it's a bigger track, two mile track, faster track as well. And you fast forward a little bit, he goes and runs Arca, he goes and runs some other things as well until he's of age to be able to run at eighteen in some of the, in the major series, and then his career takes off. But he does the truck series a lot like he does the super late model series because he's a race guy. He loves having the race team. As long as it's viable for him financially to be able to bring sponsorship dollars, to be able to do what he loves to do. Kyle now, who's gone from the young gun in this series to developing the young guns. I mean, and look at the championships that he has won as a truck owner over the last couple of years with, you know, Eric Jones and Christopher Bell and William Byron over the, you know, the last couple of years. He has built a championship caliber team, you know, for his truck series teams, which has been great. You know, he runs sometimes four trucks at a racetrack, but also, too, he has fun with his super late models and he's able to run that out of his truck series garage as well. So. The one thing, great thing about about Kyle Bush, he is a champion. He was a, definitely a Hall of Famer one day, but what he still is contributing to the sport of NASCAR, especially when it comes to the Truck Series, is fantastic. Because a lot of these guys can just you know take their money and go. Kyle's still investing back in to the series that uh, he loves so much and loves the aspect of being able to be a, a race owner. Another Cup Series veteran that had a similar role
8: in the Truck Series is Kevin Harvick. Coming up off turn number four, Musgrave looks to the inside, tries to pull
4: even, gets a fender up there by inches. It is Kevin Harvick scoring the win. Finally, Kevin Harvick wins in the NASCAR Crashman Truck Series. Been
3: all Harvick all the time this afternoon at Martinsville. Kevin Harvick looking to close out a record-setting day.
9: He's off four for the
6: checkered flag. And Kevin Harvick, hold off everybody. I kind of believe he can because that truck, as we said, the, the thing that's been in Kevin's favor all afternoon is the fact that he can run the bottom of the racetrack. And-
4: Harvick's won here in the Cup Series, in the Nationwide Series, and today he wins here
8: in a truck, making it two in a row. Kevin Harvick has been involved in the Truck Series since the very first year back in 1995, where he started one race for his father, Mike Harvick, and four more the following year in 1996 close friend and fellow competitor, Rick Corelli.
5: I've known Kevin since he was like seven, eight years old. His father was my crew chief when we ran on the West Coast and uh, and I've it's just been something that we've got together for many years. I spotted for him for a while when we uh, you know, in the late 2001, I think or 2002, right in there and then we worked together for until he shut it down I and mean, then we're still good friends, good conversations, but it's just something there. You know, I seen Kevin years ago when he used to race and he had the actual uh, tenacity and the grit that he had growing up that I knew once he went and made it, who would he be? He'd be one of those ones we're reckon with all the time.
8: Veteran Truck Series driver Dennis Setzer remembers Harvick not being that competitive in the early years of his career.
2: Good racer, you know... Uh... Didn't know how good he was when he was in the truck series till he stepped in that cup car, and man, it was you know a life-changing event. When we went to the, well, he went to the bush car, I guess, for for Childers right there from the from the truck series, and uh, he just ran okay in the truck series, I think. But man, when he went to that bush car with Childers and stepped in that cup car, it's like. Home run deal. You seen how good Kevin Harvick actually was at that time.
8: In two thousand one, Kevin Harvick started his own truck series operation.
12: Uh, we started the truck team uh, to win a race, and were able to accomplish that. And had no other intentions other than to race the truck every once in a while myself. And Toyota came along, um, you know, to uh, to start their their tenure in, in NASCAR to uh, uh, start in a truck series. And, and General Motors decided that they wanted to have a defensive play and and put more trucks on the racetrack to try to keep Toyota from. Um, you know winning as many races as they could so we started a truck team and and basically started because of uh, General Motors wanted to have some defense against Toyota and and you know we kept that until 2011 and sold the teams but um, you know had a lot of fun along the way I got to employ a couple of my lifelong heroes uh, Rick Corelli and, and Ron, Ron Hornaday uh, obviously Rick was uh, was the general manager and, and Ron Hornaday um, he won a couple championships and a whole bunch of races for so, you know, to be able to, to do that and experience that with those guys was a lot of fun.
6: Mike Wallace scored his final win while driving for Kevin Harvick. The greatest thing I got to say about Kevin Harvick and Delena Harvick is the last truck race that I did run at Talladega was driving for Kevin and Delena and won that race.
4: And Mike Wallace will hold him off. He will win here at Talladega today with Hornaday coming in
6: second. Kevin Harvick is a, is a really cool dude. It's kind of got a little Matthew McConaughey in him. You know, all right, all right, all right, guy, because he's smart as a businessman. He's an incredible race car driver, and he gave people opportunities. I mean, here he took Ryan Hornaday and gave him a relaunched his career, you know, one race. He gave Mike Wallace a chance to run one race, and I was able to win the race with Hornaday pushing me to the win, you know, a team orchestrated, totally orchestrated team truck race. It was incredible. So, uh, car the man. That's all I can say about that.
8: Roush Fenway Racing was one of the best for developing new talent in the truck series. Another guy from that pool was Carl Edwards. Will the truck bobble? Will the truck falter? Will the truck fail? Off of turn number four, Carl Edwards comes to the start-finish line. No, it will not. Carl Edwards is a first-time winner in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Third win of the year, sixth of his career. Carl Edwards
4: goes with the win here at Bristol. Carl Edwards brings him off turn number four into the trial. To behind him. Travis Quapple steps out of line, makes a run, can't do it. Carl Edwards
7: picks up the win in the Florida Dodge Dealers 250. Barney, we're down here Victory Lane. They've come unglued down here. Carl Edwards, you grew up in the Midwest in Missouri. Did you ever think you'd make it to Victory Lane here at Daytona International Speedway?
13: I used to sit in Timmy Cahoo's basement look at all his trophies that he won with Schrader and them and... Uh, I can't even describe it. We are here. We're at Daytona, and I'm standing in victory lane. I'm living the dream of every racer on the planet. You fans are the best. This is great. I hope you like the backflip. They wouldn't let me jump off the truck. I love everybody, man. This is
4: awesome. MRN's Joe Moore remembers the first time he met Carl. Uh, It was in the hotel we were staying in in Daytona Beach. Uh, We were standing around uh, enjoying happy hour uh one afternoon and this young guy looked very awkward standing over in the corner and he walked over and introduced himself and he said i'm carl edwards i'm going to be driving a truck out here you know this friday night it's like oh well that's good you know and we're all thinking okay who's this you know and uh and so we struck up a conversation and then when we got to the racetrack we started watching him in practice and in qualifying "Kid's like, pretty good and the more we got to know carl we found out more about the way he worked his way to this level. I mean, mark he was a marketing genius, you know? A backyard marketing genius, I guess is what you'd call him, because he went out and bought posters and, 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 and any kind of thing he could use to promote himself and spread it around and try to make himself look bigger than he actually was, but he had the talent to go with it, and all of it came together, obviously. MRN's Alex Hayden.
2: He was one of those guys that was a little bit different than a lot of other ones, and I still have the business card that he was walking around uh, the infield in the garage, handing out business cards. Hi, I'm Carl Edwards. Uh, he shook his shook my hand and and said, "I'm Carl Edwards. Here's my business card. I'm trying to make it, and if you you could help me out, I'd appreciate that." Wow. Okay, that's a different approach. Never had a young driver walk up and hand me a business card and ask me uh, for some help and, and anything that he could do to make my job easier. And I thought, "Who are you?" I mean, I, okay, I appreciate that. I, put the business card in my pocket and kept on going I was like Who, who's this punk kid I, you know who's this it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, the old leave it to beaver character Eddie Haskell because uh, if anybody remembers that old black and white TV show Eddie Haskell was the guy that was oh golly gee whenever the uh, Mr. and Mrs. Cleaver were around that's that's kind of Carl Edwards came across that way uh, and, and that's how he was he was genuinely that nice of a guy And then he put the helmet on and got behind the wheel of the truck, and he was fierce. He turned into the complete opposite. Uh, But it was great. Carl Edwards was one of them that that really came in and came in with Mike Mittler's team, which was a, a very underfunded team, but a solid, stable team. And Mike Mittler gave him the chance, and it was up to Carl Edwards to prove that he could drive.
8: Carl Edwards spent 2003 and 2004 in the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series, and visited Victory Lane six times in that span. Another future champion that developed in the Truck Series is Brad Keselowski. Although the name Keselowski has been in the series since its inception, Brad started his NASCAR career in 2004 racing for his father, Bob. Well, the
0: Truck Series has been critical not just to my family, but I think to a lot of sports fans, racing fans. It was a, a great series and continues to remain a great series um, that fulfills kind of a a nice spot in the sport uh, of motor racing for veterans and rookies alike and, and those uh, passionate NASCAR fans so um, you know for my family it was no different it was a spot that You know, we settled in and made our home for a number of years as racers.
8: In spite of Brad's success in the Cup Series, he only has one win to his credit in the Truck Series, and it came at Bristol Motor Speedway in 2014.
10: Out of turn four, he comes to the stripe. Checkered flag, finally. After 61 races in the Series, Keselowski finally sees the checkered flag as the winner, and he becomes the 25th different driver to have won in all three of NASCAR's major touring series
0: well for me winning the the bristol truck race of 2014 was kind of the, the realization of a dream to win in all three nascar series and uh to do something that had never been really done before which is be a father-son combination as one in that series so I'm very proud of it
8: speaking of family operations austin and ty dillon started their nascar careers in the truck series while driving for their grandfather richard childress in 2011 Austin Dillon claimed the Gander Outdoors Truck Series Championship with that familiar number three on the side of the truck. Austin says it was special to bring Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s old number back to NASCAR.
6: Yeah, it was It was more about, you know, making everything work together and uh, starting a truck team up was, was special and, you know, he had already had a good history with the starting of the truck series back when Mike Skinner and those guys dominated and then when we brought the truck back and, and the number three back in the truck series, it was so special and, uh, to win a championship in the truck series, it was probably my favorite championship uh, out of the two.
7: Your grandfather, Richard Childress, your father, Mike Dillon, the number three, so many things. Can you put into words what a championship means? Bringing it to the family team.
2: It's awesome to see a three back with the championship, man. It? It's just so cool. I love these fans out here in Miami. This is awesome. Fireworks in the background. This is great.
3: MRN pit reporter, Jason Toy. It was a lot. He reminded me so much of his dad and Mike Dillon. And and Mike was a longtime runner, ran the truck series for a a while. He ran ARCA series for a lot of years and the Xfinity series. uh, And, of course, uh, his grandfather and Richard Childress. And that's one thing about them. They they had opportunities. But the thing is, they could have been the kids that were the grandsons for Richard Childress and just been out there being able to run. No, they went out talking about Austin and Ty Dillon. And anytime time they had the opportunity, and, and Granddad helped them out, putting them in great new, great trucks, great vehicles, whatever they were racing, they were contending for championships. But the great thing, I think, with Austin and watching him mature over the years and eventually to a Daytona 500 win, and watching the way he runs now, he got, you know, in the aspect of the truck series, it kind of it helped him grow a little bit more. He didn't, you know, he was aggressive at times, but maybe sometimes too aggressive. You know, he kind of stepped back and watched things develop and then strike when the strike was good. That was the great thing with Austin Dillon and, you know, the truck series and the championship. He fought for it. Had to be consistent. He had to be, you know, not, you know, go for the win every single time. Maybe the fact that you're going to be there in contention for the win at the end and eventually something will happen. That was the way Austin Dillon kind of grew up a little bit in the truck series and the aspect that, okay, first year coming out, I'm going to be aggressive as I can. Now, it didn't always work out that way. You had to kind of buy your time a little bit, and I think it's what Austin Dillon was able to do.
10: Domination, that is an understatement. The young man comes off turn number four. Austin Dillon, a winner for the first time. On the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, the man who for years came in and was known as Richard Childress's grandson. Well, now Richard can proudly turn around and say, I'm that man's grandfather. MRN Pitt reporter, Steve Post.
7: I think the one that stands out to me with Austin was uh, winning the first Mud Summer Classic up at um, up in Eldora. Um, the Dillon boys had raced a lot of dirt track racing uh, in their in their uh, early days before getting to NASCAR. And so I don't think it was a big shocker up there. But when you, but when you look at Austin's career, and obviously he's won the Daytona 500 and the Coca-Cola 600, Uh, At the time, that Eldora win, particularly that first Eldora win, was a huge, huge accomplishment. Uh, He is forever going to be the inaugural race winner at Eldora. I mean, we may run there two more years. We may run there 60 more years. And he will always be the first winner there.
10: If he holds on, it'll be his fifth win in the series. Here he comes sliding off turn number four. And Austin Dillon will win NASCAR's return to dirt here at the Eldora
7: Speedway. I remember him getting out of the truck. And there there was almost this disbelief that he had done it.
2: This is bad to the bone. I want to thank all these fans. You guys, I hope you enjoyed this show. I hope there's more of these. This is what racing's about. I got to thank Tony Stewart, we all do, for letting us come here and do this, and uh, American Ethanol our sponsor. But this is a great race. I brought a bunch of asphalt guys, and I had a few dirt guys here. And I got to thank Team Dillon Racing. That's where I learned to dirt race and love coming out here, running the world and all this stuff. But I tell you what, this is one of the biggest wins of my career, for sure. I love it.
7: There was such... Jubilation that they had won that race, and just what a I mean it's just such a such a great feeling amongst that team that they won that race, and and they were kids, and and they were kids that got the win on the biggest stage, the, and their Truck Series Eldora is one of the biggest stages we have, and it was the inaugural biggest stage race. So uh, I just remember the 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 celebration, the the kid like happiness. I mean, they were literally just giddy. Uh, all those guys were on that truck when he won that race.
8: Austin's brother, Ty, took over the number three truck in 2012 and competed full-time for two years. In that time span, he
6: earned three wins while racing against some of the best. It was big, um, especially the times when we won races and competing for wins week in and week out. We were very competitive in the truck series. And, uh, to win Atlanta, I remember Kyle Busch and Kurt Busch were both in that race. Kyle finished second to me, and him and I were racing for the last 10 laps. and To win that race against him... Uh, gave me a lot of confidence. 20
4: lead changes among 8 drivers tonight and when it's all said and done, Ty Dillon scores his first career victory. He wins the Jeff Foxworthy's Grit Chips 200 at Atlanta.
6: The truck series, especially when you get the guys that drive in that series with a, a bit of an advantage and you can outperform them, I think it's a massive stepping stone and confidence builder for young guys and that series has produced the best drivers have come through the truck series.
8: As we talked about earlier, Kyle Bush has been highly successful behind the wheel of an NASCAR truck. He's also known to put young drivers in his equipment and mentor them to wins and championships, like Eric Jones.
12: It was fun. I mean, it was tough at the same time. There was a uh you know, we, we were in the same equipment, and I was uh, 16, 17, 18 years old, and he was obviously much more experienced than me. And, um, you know, I, it was tough. I mean, it was tough to keep up with him. There's times where we were faster than him, but uh, I knew at the end of the day he was going to race really good no matter what, and it was just hard to outrace him. He's, um, you know, he's very smart uh, in the race and behind the wheels. So that was a tough part for me was just trying to learn and, and uh, get to his level on, on race day. But uh, he taught me a lot along the way, and even just racing with him, I learned a lot along the way. From Byron, Michigan, Eric Jones bounced around the local scene, showing off
8: his racing talent to other Michiganders, like MRN's Jeff Striegel.
1: Eric Jones was a guy that kind of came onto my radar way back at the Berlin Raceway. He was running short tracks at the time in a super late model. He was 13 years old, and we were... All looking at this kid, thinking, okay, here's somebody that we're going to have to kind of negotiate around because he, he just doesn't belong here. He doesn't belong in this kind of a car. Well, he quickly proved this wrong. Uh, we recognized immediately that Eric Jones was a talent, unlike really you see come along. You can put Kyle Bush in that same category, maybe a Chase Elliott, somebody that started so young in a super late model. But you recognized almost immediately that they didn't belong here. They belonged with an opportunity to move up and uh, drive a truck, drive an Xfinity car, drive a cup car. And Eric Jones was one of those rare talents that proved everybody right when we recognized just what kind of driver he really is.
4: Eric Jones will
8: finish in the sixth spot tonight, and he will clinch the 2015 championship. Another talent that raced for Kyle Busch? Is Bubba Wallace the
13: the biggest thing? As much as I hate giving him credit, you know I learned a lot from Denny uh, in that race. You know he was he was driving the fifty one, so he was a teammate. And um, I don't know where I think he he qualified on the pole. We were third. I'm not sure, but um, I followed him for a while. And my marks I thought were right. You know I was getting in the corner a little deeper than him, like way deeper than him. I'm like whoa, and then over time he would start to pull away. So I started matching his you know, his pace. And I was like, man, this actually, you know, feels really good. So, uh, I'd say I learned a lot from him that day and I, I, I'm still owe Crafton a, a, a tip for dumping him for taking Denny out. Um, but you know, it was that, that I remember specifically where my marks are, how I come off lower of the corner than anybody else. And we just, that last restart with seven to go. Um, we had a, hell of a lead coming off turn two to to rain home safely and I remember I couldn't even hold it together coming off turn four. I let off the gas. Luckily I had a big enough cushion and just kind of coasted coasted across the line.
3: Final time down the back straight away for Daryl Bubba Wallace on his way to victory lane. Checkered flag in the air. The
8: 20-year-old will win his first ever victory here in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Bubba's first win came at Martinsville Speedway in 2013. It was a historical win that Bubba remembers well.
13: Yeah, my um, we had just finished up our let's see, K&N season uh, with, with JGR and we were trying to figure out what's next and and being with that team, knowing that Kyle has his truck program, we thought it was a good move for us, so we went over there and had two solid years. It took us a while to get our feet underneath us and get you know hit the ground running. Um, you know, Martinsville, that, that win at Martinsville in, in the fall was obviously a staple point for my career and a staple point for the sport. Um, but then after that, you know, we started getting into a rhythm, picked up another four wins, and, and um, I thought that was pretty special, so I wish, you know, we could have gotten the championship for those guys in, in 2014. But just the the amount of experience I, I gained and learned was, was a huge amount and, uh, you know, a huge opportunity for me. Just a kid that grew up racing go-karts and never even thought of being at this level. Uh, you know, racing for Kyle and, and Coach Gibbs at that point was uh, – it was a good time.
1: Up the back straight away into turn three. A healthy lead and what could be a huge win for Darrell Wallace Jr.
8: It
10: is gonna be huge for him. Toyota continues their mastery. Kyle Bush Motorsports continues their domination. Bubba wins at Eldora.
7: MRN pit reporter, Steve Post. We can play colorblind all we want, but this is an African-American winning a race in a major NASCAR series that hasn't happened since 1960. So let's lay the colorblindness aside and celebrate what it is and what an accomplishment it is. And his his happiness, Winston, I think, did victory lane that day. And uh, it's one of those rare times, and, and I don't generally do it because once the race is over, I just like to do what I need to do and make my way back. And I'll never forget, I was one of those with my kids, with my Legends kids. Uh, I walked over and I attempted to get to Victory Lane and there was no way you were going to get in there. It was just a a celebration. I I looked up and just saw him at the stage. He was pointing skyward. And I just, I'll never forget the look of happiness for a guy that, that I loved calling his races as a kid got to respect him as a race car driver as an adult and then to see him win that race at martinsville with all the story with wendell scott and african-american around the story i just think that that was an amazing moment uh in the sport of uh of, of nascar racing
3: well we're down here in victory lane joe and kyle bush coming in congratulating his driver darryl Bubba wallace First time ever in Victory Lane in a national national touring series. Victory, you seemed emotional when you got out of the truck. Before we talk about the race, talk about your emotions, your feelings right now, Bubba. It's it's undescribable. You know? Yeah, I'm
13: balling my eyes. This is an emotional win for me, for my team, my, everybody back home. Emotional mom can make it out, but we're expecting a baby with my sister, so she's at home. And we're ready for that. So uh, all excitement, all around the Wallace Race Team, and, and everywhere. This is this is emotional. I want to thank every single one of you fans for coming out here. I love Martinsville. It treats me so well. So uh, it's, it's 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 freaking.
8: I, I don't know what to say. It's awesome. For 25 years, the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series has played a role in developing some of the greatest drivers in NASCAR history. Join us on the next episode of MRN Presents. The tough trucks of NASCAR, 25 years and still trucking. We'll explore some of the unique tracks that the series has visited, past and present.
5: It was two turns and a jump. I won every time I went. I'll never forget Brad k's dad. He put a restrictor plate on and picked up like a lot. And so Will Lynn says, You know, you got, you're doing two things wrong. One, we need to put a restrictor plate on this thing. And I said, if you have to take horsepower away from me to teach me how to operate the throttle, I said Ron Hornaday helped me with that back in Tucson. I said I, I, now I became one of the best in the business at it. I'm not. I'm not putting no restricted plate on. Forget it. And they said, well, you're you know you're 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 trying to run right on the bottom, and everybody else up the loop there is, is like you know two feet higher than you are. And I said, will. I don't care about what the stopwatch says. I don't care about what that monitor right there says. If you can keep that left front on the bottom of this racetrack up through that big round spot part of this track before the jump,
4: you will wear their asses out. And we did. Until
1: then, I'm Mike Bagley. Today's program was a presentation of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. The Tough Trucks of NASCAR, 25 Years in Still Trucking, was written and produced by Rich Culver. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. in your hand, stopping you. now the chair, stare, don't engine repair.